With all of the pressing challenges that community banks face, should they also be devoting brain space to cryptocurrencies? This week's guest says yes. Shuki Licht from Finastra joins us to talk about why he thinks community banks should not wait to start thinking about how crypto might fit into their business plans. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Large banking institutions are taking a close look at cryptocurrencies and are trying to figure out the role that they might play in the future of banking. Should smaller banks be doing the same? Shuki Lick, the chief innovation officer at Finastra, is here to make his case for why community banks should be focused on crypto now. Shuki, welcome to the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really, really excited to talk about uh, very important topics today. So, Shuki, why should community banks, with all of the other things that they have coming at them right now, all of the existential threats they face, all the difficulties achieving scale, changing technology, and trying to keep up with the new imperatives created by the pandemic, all of these things that community banks have on their plate, why should they be focused on crypto now? So there are three reasons for my opinion that community banks need to be focused on crypto right now. The first one is a huge amount of demand by the consumers. As you were, more than 20% of the U.S. consumers are on crypto. More than 70 million consumers are using some kind of cryptocurrency wallet. So there's a big demand from the consumer side to use this kind of technology. The second one, all the digital revolution that happens, especially because the pandemic and the COVID situation that lead to people to use more and more and do what we call retail investment or retail trading. And the third one, you know, the technology is here. We talked a lot in the last years about blockchain and what we can do with it, with that. I think what we see in the last almost year or two years, we see applied cryptocurrency investment and the banks want to be on this side from technology, new revenue streams, and to support the demand of their consumer. So there are already so many players out there offering ways to get crypto exposure, and this includes various fintechs and brokerages, neobanks, and and others as well. Community banks aren't exactly known for being at the front edge of technology. So what do they bring to the table for customers, crypto-wise, that these other market players don't already offer? One thing that I found during my career about the community banks and about their consumer is about their loyalty and about the very deep relation with their consumers. And on the other side, a customer of a community banks see the banks as a trust, as someone that is trusting and loyal to them. And we see more requests from consumers that are looking to use or to invest in crypto with the trust of the banks, to make the banks help them to decide, you know, if to if first if to get into this field, and second one also to help them with the potential of what are the areas that they recommend them to go and invest in cryptocurrency. I don't have to tell you about volatility within the crypto market. As we're speaking in early March, Bitcoin is off 25, 30% since its November peak. And that's included a lot of gyrating in January and February as well. Community bankers tend to be a conservative bunch who run conservative institutions. Crypto is a lot of things, but one thing it isn't 
is conservative. So how should banks be thinking about the extreme mood swings within crypto? I think, and I will use three words for that, is education, education, education. And I think I see that by, from personal level, I see that for my friends, and I see that also what I'm reading in the market and what we are hearing for the community customer and customers that are not for community, is they have lack of understanding, a volatility, the high volatility, the risks and rewards using and invest in cryptocurrency, and how much liquidity or how much cash they need to put in this investment. And I think the banks and the banks that will come with more packages of education to support their consumer, but not just how to get access to these types of investment, but also what are the risks and what are the areas that they need to take into consideration. I think this will be a strong story by the banks. I think especially at these days that the regulation are not yet in the front or try to support any story here. I think that guidelines and best practice and education that will come from the banks will really, really help to the end consumer to understand the risk. The banks cannot pretend for the end consumer not to fall into the trap of the high volatility, but for sure they can educate them and understand the risk around it. It makes sense that there should be some education on this. But once a bank starts offering guidance and advice about crypto exposure, tax implications and things like that, then they kind of own the outcome to some degree, don't they? This strikes me as kind of a risk. The bank wants to educate and protect their customers. But then if things with crypto get really volatile, to the downside especially, then these customers are looking at the bank and saying, hey, what did you do to me here? We can take a look at that in three streams. Okay, the first one is the uh, the solution that we recommend for our banks to use or to embed it in the digital experiences came from fintechs and the obligation and the custody and everything is done by the fintechs itself and the bank have less risk on their side. The second one is limitation. We are talking about digital applications. And we are getting more and more banks that are asking us how can we limit and how we can configure the system to to make sure the customer cannot go to X amount of dollars for investment or vice versa, cannot go or invest more than X percentage of this cash on, etc. So this is another area that uh, we see more banks are trying to, to make sure that they are protecting the consumer. And the third one is, we're talking about cryptocurrency investment, is the types of the tokens that we are recommending to go first. We are supporting very few to try to reduce this kind of volatility and also from the end consumer not to make him into a bad situation, there is no liquidity to let him later on move it or transfer it to fiat. On the regulatory side, an alphabet soup of federal oversight agencies are looking closely at crypto right now. The uncertainty about possible new rules and, and things like handling KYC and anti-money laundering is for the most part keeping banks on the sidelines. So what would you say to a community banker who is just itching to get going with crypto so far as the regulatory risk outlook goes. Because all this ecosystem now is involved and, and built, I think it's a great opportunity for Community Bank also to impact and influence how this regulation will come out. I know there's a lot of requests from them to come with their experience and their understanding how to go forward with it. You know, you mentioned KYC, you mentioned other process for AML, etc. This is must uh, need to be part of the story. Because otherwise, uh, the banks don't want to put themselves into, into any kind of risk. And I think that there is a high potential for all the partners to collaborate together. Uh, fintechs or providers like us and others, of course, will come to the table. And of course, the banks itself. So I see that as opportunity now these days because this is what happens now in the market. 
Crypto is a, a class of currency assets, of course, but unlike the dollar or an ounce of gold, crypto is also advanced technology. So which of these dual identities, you know, currency or technology, do you think is more important for community banks to be focused on right now? And also maybe think about the longer term as well. I will talk from my experience. In the last years, we tried to use the blockchain technology for the sake of the technology itself. And I think that all of us failed because we've been very focused on the technology and less about the use cases. I think once the, the cryptocurrency went to investment use cases, we will see more with decentralized finance for peer-to-peer payments, etc. The question is, what will be the technology that will be involved, especially if it will be a public network, we'll see hybrid network or full private network. I think the use cases and the value for the end consumer will be much more important. And I'm very happy to see that, by the way, especially things around DeFi, that we see more and more tangible use cases, that the technology is less important. We are just starting to use the technology for, for things that are more matter from use cases perspective. We hear about the value of the blockchain for banks in the coming years. Some people go so far as to predict that it will revolutionize the industry. How do you see the blockchain being integrated into banking? And what do you think community banks could be or should be doing now to prepare for a future that includes blockchain? I think all the concept of DLT, distributed ledger, this will be a revolution that's coming very, very quickly. I can talk about from the end consumer. If I'm a a consumer and I can go to one of for compound or I can go to any exchange today or any lending platform, etc. I can earn APY of three to five to seven percent of my money compared to what I can get in a bank of saving accounts that is less than 0.5 APY. So the promise here it's huge, huge, huge for consumer about the potential of what he can get from his money. From perspective of the, the potential of the technology. The smart contracts change the entire game. The idea that you can replace the entire workflows and guidelines that exist today in the banks with a code that can execute, this leads you to very, very nice story because you can get a loan or you can borrow money. You can supply money to, to spool of money in a short of milliseconds instead to wait two weeks to go through a workflow or a bank's. And on the other side, because everything is written by algorithms, there is much more protect about your liquidity, much more balance between the, the collateral that you need to put inside. You have a, a full transparency of what's going on in real time. The cost is much lower. The potential of uh, revenue is much higher and the profits is much higher. So I'm really, really believe that we'll see more and more solutions that come outside from that. If I'm trying to predict what will happen in 10 years from now, and most of the financial instruments that we see today that exist in the bank will be replaced by the DeFi. And the question, who is going to control these DeFi? Pretty sure the banks will hold that later on in the game. But right now, this is the revolution that I see. You've mentioned DeFi a number of times in our conversation so far, decentralized finance. DeFi is often described as banking without banks, with the blockchain as sort of a, a technological foundation, if you will. What are some of the key impacts that banks, and, and in particular community banks, will feel from DeFi? And how soon do you think they will start feeling those impacts? I see the disruption across all, all the business units of the bank, okay? And let's go one by one. Let's start with lending and trade finance. For that, you have the peer-to-peer lending companies that you can supply loans, and on the other side, you can borrow loans. 
So this is one place that already been replaced by smart contracts. And I think that once the bank will start to take that into their organization, this we can replace things that we are doing today in the banks. If I double click on the lending and trade finance using DeFi, we can do a crazy things like flash loans. I can borrow money that not belong to me. And after that, I can go and invest in some stable coin. I can exchange it with other coins and I can return my the money that I loans back to the, the pool and everything I can do it in one transaction. This is what we call a flash loan. So I can do all this process with zero investment from my side. This is a big revolution. We talk about the lending and trade funds. Let's go to the next level, the capital markets. Over there, you see DY, DX. You see FORG uh, that came from uh, SoftGen. You see what SoftGen is doing with that, etc. So also for the capital market, things that are much more complex uh, lending and invest, we see that in this day it's been replaced by a, a DeFi capability. Let's go to the payments. We are talking very heavily now on the metaverse, how people are going to exchange stuff in the, in the virtual world. Things around DeFi will be one of the engine for payments in the metaverse. So you see more and more. You see in every, every business unit, you see a disruption for the bank. Where the banks are sitting in this case, I think that we are in the early stage, meaning that it's mostly controlled today by fintechs that try to build their own ecosystems. I think that the next generation, we will start to see banks that are coming with their own solution, and some of them will be built into the core of the bank. So I think this will come soon. Let's finish up, Shuki, by bringing things back around to crypto. There are now more than 10,000 different cryptocurrencies in circulation. And on top of that, we have talk about central bank digital currencies. In the Federal Reserve's case, would be kind of a, a crypto version of the dollar. If a community bank wanted to facilitate crypto for their clients, how do they first sort through such a crowded field of competitors? Or maybe the answer for them is just to come out with their own community bank coin. I'm always believing think big, start small, and scale fast after that. So think big, yes, they need to educate themselves about all the trends, okay, about to understand what's going on. I'm excited about it. Every week you can learn new stuff. So I think first to educate themselves, to think big, and to start to think about strategy. The second one, to start small. My recommendation is just to start with a crypto wallet, to embed it into their digital experience, and start to let their own consumer to start to consume this cryptocurrency wallet, to see how it works, to, to start to learn and educate themselves about uh, what are the advantages, what are the disadvantages, etc. Uh, then they can go to the next level and start to design their own decentralized finance. Uh, and again, they, for decentralized finance, they don't need to replace the entire ecosystem or the entire financial instrument. They can select one or two or areas that they believe they can generate for them more revenue. Maybe it can be peer-to-peer -peer lending. So to collaborate of one of the peer-to-peer -peer, uh, lending ecosystem that already exists uh, outside. It's a good earning for and value for their own consumer, but it's also a good uh, profit and uh, revenue generation for them. So, you know, to take some of the DeFi separated to small pieces and just to like piece by piece. Uh, for your question, for central bank, digital currency, CBDC, I'm pretty sure this will come because in the end of the day, once we are talking about peer-to-peer -peer payments or alternatives rails to payments, some of the CBDC will start to take control and be the central app for this kind of payments and reduce a lot of complexity that existed today in the traditional payments. This is maybe another place that community banks need to start to take a look at. This. 
reducing some of the complexity and in doing so, creating some clarity about the future of crypto and banking. I think that would be welcome across the industry. So Shuki Licht, Chief Innovation Officer at Finastra, many thanks again for spending some time with us on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. A few takeaways from the conversation with Finastra's Shuki Licht. First, community banks have a lot coming at them these days. Things like challenges achieving scale, swapping in new technology, and every day more competitors seem to be crowding into the banking space. Shuki's view is that they should also be thinking about crypto. The main reason he cites is that more Americans are taking an interest in crypto, and this probably includes some community bank customers. Okay, let's say a community bank wants to make a move into crypto. Then what? There are more than 10,000 coins out there to choose from. And even more importantly, regulators have yet to decide on rules to be put in place. Shuki's standard advice is to think big, start small, and eventually scale up. He suggests the starting point should be to get educated and begin shaping strategies so that they're ready when more clarity comes. And finally, on the regulatory side, many federal agencies have crypto under the microscope right now, but there's little sense that they're close to coming out with a comprehensive regulatory framework in such key areas as know your customer, anti-money laundering, and consumer protection. This could present an opportunity for community banks to weigh in and to try to have some influence on how the rules are crafted. Thank you for listening to the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please visit us at BAI.org for more actionable insights on themes that are important for the financial services industry.